Acting Class Weekly with legendary character actor Sean Whelan. Lessons, tips, and insight into the craft and business of acting from a man who's been directed by the likes of Spielberg, Eastwood, Tim Burton, Ang Lee, Michael Bay, Wes Craven, Tom Hanks, and many more of Hollywood's A-List. He is 30 years an actor and your professor, Sean Whelan. Roxy. I can't spend too much time talking about why I'm wearing what I'm wearing today because we were a little admo- admonished by Mr. Fantabulous, Jeff Graham, to not spend too much time being goofy at the front of the show. Oh, did he say so? He just, it's a little, it was too long. He was like, Some might call he, that a killjoy. No, no, his, his point was very well taken. Get to the meat of the show. Get to the meat of the show sooner. He oh. loves the banter. And you just wanted to tell the people. Yeah, I just want to tell them that so that, that they I'm, know who to blame. Yes, mm. yes, it's my fault. It's but but, <laughs> he's, but he's he's doing his job. He's doing his job. And <laughs> in the booth, as always, is Mr. Fantabulous, the responsible one in this group. And I just love the meat so much. The bread—if you have a bad bread to meat ratio—yeah, I agree. You know. I agree. That's why I typically go Adam and Eve style. Yeah, you can do that too. Yeah, I don't even like any of the bread. Just give me the meat. And uh, speaking of Miss Meaty, is uh, Miss Phenomenal, Roxy Strike. That is what the people call me, Miss, Miss Meaty. Meaty. Yeah, but yeah. really it should be Mrs. Yeah, Miss Meaty. Miss Meaty, who didn't even have the weight to like raise or sh- squash her chair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's Miss Meaty. I wouldn't say so. But I'm wearing this sweater because we're talking about Mr. Michael Caine. I've read two of his books back to back. And this is the kind of sweater he wore in my favorite Michael Caine role of all time, which is him and Hannah and her sisters, which he won an Oscar for. Uh, for uh, is that the type of sweater? I don't remember. Yes, he's very he's very professorial. Jeff, will you, will you, you show that? me the ways? Come on, Michael Caine. There's Pretty pic- accurate. Yeah, I gotta say, Sean, I'm pulling up the photo accurate. now. I'm um, gonna say for our podcast listeners, it's a nice gray cardigan layered yes, over a see? professorially plaid yes. button up. See, oh, that is, looks more to me vibe, like a, a what? It's a thick vibe sweater like this. Yeah. It, this is tan. It looks more to me like a wool sweater. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely cardigan, though. But it's in the vein. I'm definitely in the vein. I see what you're doing. But he has a tie on. <laughs> he doesn't I, have a tie no, on. No, no, no. But I, I'm, I just said this, why I'm wearing the sweater. So why are you wearing the T-shirt? That's because I'm still me. I'm not oh. Michael Caine and Hannah and her sisters. I'm still me. I'm doing a little homage. I'm not doing a remake. I'm doing an homage. Homage. You see what I'm saying? I still don't know when to say homage, when to say homage. The bread's getting thick. It's The thick bread's bread. getting thick. We got to get to the meat. All right. So we are going to be talking. Michael Caine has a philosophy uh, that he says, use the difficulty. He talks about it in both his books a lot. We're going to talk about what that means. And we're going to talk about how uh, I had an independent movie that was quite difficult to shoot. And I used that difficulty to branch out. And it led me to Mr. Rob Zombie. That's what's going to happen today. And we're going to talk about how I used the difficulty in many times in my long career uh, to turn things around and put them in a new direction. So uh, that's what's happening. And before we do that, we're going to do Sean's Week. And because I was out with the flu, let's do maybe a, maybe a, a sickly but recovering Sean's Week. Sickly, but on the, on the, on the mend. Up. On the mend. On the mend, Sean's Week. Ready? One, two, three. Sean's Week! Wait, can Incredible I tell you why? But that brought whole new meaning to the verbiage too, because yes. didn't that for the first time think like Ooh, Sean's, Sean's weak. weak, like a pun. Yeah. Wow. But you're not weak. A you're getting entendre. stronger. Yes, it's. We could spend. There'd be a lot of bread. 
That could go. That could go very bready. That's more like a whole bun. That's a roll. That's a roll. It's a Kaiser roll. A dinner roll. Kaiser it's a roll. Kaiser roll. Dang. Or even ugh, some challah. I'm sure we're doing Jeff very proud right I now. I know we're not. Yeah. See, I got to keep an eye on that. <laughs> All right. So uh, my week, I had the flu. Uh, that's why we, if you guys were listening last week, I was out with the flu, got it uh, pretty bad, but got on Tamiflu, four or five days, had a little Valentine's uh, with my girlfriend, and I made her a heart out of all our pills and medicine and are Gatorade. You serious? Yeah, that's I have a picture really of cute. it. Yeah. What do you do when you have auditions and you're ill? Uh, I couldn't go. There was one on mo- last Monday. And what do you, you tell you them? Just, you just have to say you can't. And my you don't agent said, or anything? My agent said, oh, I couldn't get out of bed. My, if I could have, yes. But my agent said, you know, everybody's sick right now. Don't even worry about it. So that was a bummer. Um, but even though I was down and out, I worked with Daria Berenado, Sonia Deville, and I did it from my bed on FaceTime while she was in Florida, and I helped her get a self-tape done. Good. So that was really cool. I did have an audition yesterday when I was on The Mend. Same kind of thing, though. I keep seeing all these great actors. Is either one of you a fan of 30 Rock? I am. You know and the uh, guy who played her writer friend, Chris? He was the bald guy. That... Uh, Jeff is like the biggest fan ever. But yes, I know, I believe I know who you're talking about. Yes, he came in and I said, oh my God, you know, uh, I'm such a fan of your work. And he said, I'm such a fan of your work. Too. Oh, that's so, so great. So great. So that was really fun. Um, and I did coaching yesterday. I coached uh, my... Uh, my girl, Sarah Carrion, who's very good, 12 years old, plays hockey and is recording an album. So she's a little busy for 12. And she just nailed it. She was so fun. It was like a mean girl part, and she's just so not like that, a little hockey player that's musician. That's fun to play, though. But I told, that's exactly what I said. I said, we never get to be this mean in life. So now you get to be as mean as you want. And that's so of fun. So that was really cool. And then today I did some looping for The Walking Dead. Again today, the new Walking Dead will be on uh, in spring, so World Beyond. So that was fun, but crazy, you know, politics of looping, which is a whole crazy thing. We'll talk later, but maybe you know, maybe we should do a whole episode on looping. Yeah, it's. Point. I mean, it, it's 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 a weird one. We have to discuss because yeah. it's something that's like the minority of people can get into and it's not something to pursue um anyway so that is what happened this week i am excited for an upcoming week i am shooting in jason uh trost's movie this weekend but i'm i can't you can't say i just i just kind of he's if he found out i said that he'd be mad why because i'm always kind of a surprise character well, they the don't fans. know what movie. Yes, you don't know what movie. But anyone who knows You're him. You're shooting in his. Anyone who knows him and knows like knows what he's shooting. Guys, I mean, don't tell anybody. Don't tell this anybody. Is just That's a all we're trying to tell you. Please don't tell him. And, I, and he always never wants me to tell because I'm a fun surprise for the fans. So. Well, speaking I just of the fans, Sean, yes. I will say that I don't think they're going to tell anybody because they okay, are good. part of our family here. Yes. Uh, and we really uh, appreciate them being part of our uh Acting Class Weekly family yes. with Sean Whalen. Yes. So let's talk about the people who have left comments between last show and today's show. Okay. We've gotten a ton of them, actually. Wow. So uh, I will just pick one to read, but we will do one every week for the next, uh, f- who, who knows how long we keep this going, Sean, for the next 50 yeah. years. 50 years. So I want to read this one from the Tenant 19482 who 
titles it Free Education and then gives us five stars. Wow. They say, this is something that all actors should listen to. Every week, I learn something new. Sean has such great advice and clearly has a lot of experience as a Hollywood actor. Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom. Wow. It's really sweet. Thank you so much for that. And again, I'll read some more next week. But if you want your comment to be read live on the show, then go to Apple Podcasts, leave a comment, go to YouTube, leave a comment, wherever you are, five stars, thumbs up, subscribe to our channel. We really appreciate it. And it just helps this entire community grow. So uh, we love giving you guys shout outs. We love hearing what your guys' thoughts are, what you want episodes to be based on, who you want as guests, and all that great stuff. But thank you this time to the tenant one nine four eight two five wow that's amazing good, and Sean? i just have two new students one in england that i did meet at a convention several years ago and now she's ready to work and then one in australia and that is from this show Dang. So I'm going to be doing a couple new Skype coachings, so that's pretty exciting. So I just have to get back to them. Uh, This show is about using the difficulty and how funny that we're using the difficulty because... We are not the dance influence with Dana I know. Alexa. I tried to let we him are... know, but I don't know why. He, I don't know. he told us beforehand I thought it was a joke, but I, I, I guess it was a joke too. maybe he was letting us but know this is our new show. we have to use the difficulty by putting a little sauce on the meat and having some fun with it. Ooh, it just turned into a barbecue sandwich? Uh... Uh, you could go, a tangy you sandwich, could, tangy barbecue. I, I, I love barbecue. Yeah, me too. I don't know. dry a nice dry rub pork barbecue. Dry rub or saucy. So for the people on podcast listening to us and not watching right now, yeah, we have a big sign behind us that says "The Dance Influence" with Dana Alexa. But which that's means not us. we're tr- just trying to cross promote a little bit, there guys. We go. We're just trying to do, give there a little love go. and cross promotion to some of our other See? AfterBuzz TV shows. And we use the difficulty to solve the problem and had fun. Yeah. at the same time. That's true. So what is use the difficulty? Roxy was a little. Confused by the phrase outside, and so I wanted to say what he, uh, I watched Michael Caine on an interview, and what he said was he was doing a scene, and he was to make Michael Caine was doing a scene. Michael Caine was doing a scene when he was a young actor Shocked. in theater. He was walking into the scene. There was a couple in there waiting for his entrance, and the guy before he was making his entrance had a fight with his wife, and he they went a little uh, rowdier than usual, and he threw a chair and it blocked the door. And so it was luckily during a rehearsal. It wasn't during a performance. And Michael Caine tried to walk in, and he, you know, was getting a little stuck, and it was in the way. And he looked to his director, and he said, "Hey, I, um, I can't get in. The door's there." And he said, "That's ridiculous. Use the difficulty." And he said, "What does that mean?" He goes, "If this is a comedy, trip over that chair, and if it's a drama, smash it on the ground as you walk in and scream." He goes, but just use the difficulty. Use what you have. And he's basically, and then, you know, I prefaced this whole thing because at the very end of the interview, it's very funny. He said, well, I have a second rule of life, too, which is avoid difficulty at all costs. <laughs> so, I do like that. Yeah, so he just said use the difficulty. And he kind of goes through it. He has one book where it's very, two books for, that are very autobiographical. And then one book, he kind of just says his advice, and he does take the same kind of stories and just formats it differently. Um, but he has a whole chapter on this, using the difficulty. So I thought, you know what? We were talking about me coming in and doing some more about the biographies and stuff. I think I will do a show of just pieces of the bunch of them that I've been reading. I'm doing Billy Crystal's now. Um, How is it? Love it. I mean, you know, 
He's just such. Who voices he, it? Are you listening to it on tape? He, he, he it reads is it. Him? Yeah, it's him, and he he reads some of the chapters actually live, so they're fun and funny and have reactions That's awesome. and stuff like that. I mean, he's so old school comedy, you know. So it's really fun. But back to Michael Caine, I thought, you know what? I'd like to go through my <laughs> career and see all the difficulties that I took and turned around. And I think Roxy put it in a different form that made sense too. It's it is the old phrase, taking lemons. And turning them into lemonade. Yeah, right. But this it's, is for specifically for performance this is purposes. For performance purposes, purposes, acting, and how I took in my career to make things better when I was thrown challenges or obstacles or a chair in my way. You know, I think this is interesting in general, Sean, because there's two different ways you can really look at it. But have you ever been told, without the difficulty part, have you ever just been told use it? Yeah, use, use it. it. That's yeah. something that gets thrown around all the time yeah. by directors, especially. Yeah. Use it. Whatever you're coming in there with that day, yeah. whatever is happening in your life, whatever energy, right. use it. Use yeah, it. Yeah, use whatever you have going so on. I think this could both be whatever difficult things are thrown at you during a scene or during right. it, or whatever difficult things are happening in your life that you right. also just using it in your work. Right. Uh, so it, and, I, I really like this. And it also gives you the permission to make mistakes. You know, when you learn to ride a bike, there's no teacher in the world who's teaching how to ride a bike that would say, but you will never stumble. You'll just start riding. I but still don't know how, more you st- Are you serious? I am serious. Well, that's the whole generation thing. It used to be a thing, and now it's just... I mean, there was just, it was a milestone. My, every person in my generation knows how to ride a bike, Sean. Really? Yeah. Jeff? I have got to say, I am shocked you know how to ride a bike, especially because I'm not just saying this to gas you. Roxy is one of the most capable people yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's true. There's not a thing I know that you can't do, and I'm going to laugh a little bit that you don't know how to ride a that bike. That is yeah, re- crazy. I really don't know. My, There's a lot of kids my mother in my, didn't know how to ride a bike. My daughter's oh. generation that doesn't. Yeah, that that's true? often. Yeah, my yeah. mom didn't know how to ride a bike. I don't know how to ride a bike. Like, nobody in my family... They just didn't we're take a family out. of not bike riders. I they just didn't feel take like, out. From what I know of Rox, your family's like so traditional and like family e. Yeah, we we did a lot of other stuff. Yeah. We were camping a lot. Like, right, but no, we didn't ride the bike. No biking. And how did you use that difficulty? Mm, by walking a lot. By walking a yeah, lot. Yeah, which there you was go. better because there it took go. longer to go places. I got to stop and smell the roses. There you go. Notice things along the way that have been going by too fast otherwise. Ha ha, That Use that difficulty. Throw that chair. All right. So I was uh, a kid who did not like doing chores. Um because all kids do. Yeah, that makes you very unique. It makes me very special. But I was the youngest Did of you four. you write your college essay about that? Uh, yeah. I was the youngest of four, and that we'd always have to do the dishes. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to do the dishes. I don't want to do these chores right now. And I thought, what can I do to get out of it? I've told this kind of before. Mm-hmm. But I started to entertain my brothers and sisters. It's really where I started crafting, you know, my my audience. My first audience was my family. So, uh, and I just heard that in Billy Crystal's book. He's the same thing, all these shows for families and things like that. But that's where I crafted that. So I took that difficulty and I was like, you know, I'm going to spin this on its ear and I'm going to entertain them. I'm going to get out of it till finally they busted me and said, you know, we left these dishes for you. And that's when I realized, oh, they're on to me. They get it. They're not going to, they're going to let me entertain them, but they're going to leave me a nice chunk of the work. So I thought... Okay, 
I need to find a new audience. So I kept, so I went out and in kindergarten, I performed in my kindergarten circus. I was the strong man and I had to pantomime lifting weights. And in fifth grade, I directed a, uh, a version of Rumpelstiltskin that I directed and starred in. And I think I told you With this your story. Lady friend. My lady friend, Sophie DeMerk. Shout out to her. Sophie. Sophie. And, uh, so um, I used this kind of dislike of menial work and kind of turned it into, you know, how do I get out of it? How do I do something more interesting and fun and creative? So it'll be funny. I feel like this is when the Alanis Morissette song, Ironic, came out. There was a whole breakdown of, you know, the English professors who goes, well, this isn't really ironic. This is, you know, right. just a weird coincidence or, or something that happened or something. So we might run into those. Maybe there's, maybe they aren't going to be perfectly use your difficulties, but they feel, felt like it to me. I'm going through it right now in my head. Rain on your wedding day. Free ride. You already right. paid. Good advice. Just yeah. can't take. Is that really is ironic? That, yeah, is it? Yeah. I've just got to really check those things. Yeah. Okay. And, then, and then the other thing was, you know, as kids got older, I played sports in my neighborhood. We had fun. I played uh, football. It was seasonal. We played baseball in the spring, football in the winter, in the fall. Um, we played basketball, which, oof, that was my worst. I hated it. I was so small. But we would play all the sports, but... I would and I would play there, but when people started to grow out of the neighborhood and go into their real sports and the clubs and the teams and stuff, I didn't do that. And so I was small, and you know some of the small kids got bullied, but I used. I thought, okay, I don't want to get bullied, and I don't want to be lost because I don't play sports like everyone else. So it really forced me, or not forced me, but it, it went into guided my wheelhood, guided me to really cultivate this fun kind of outgoing personality, and it made me also go and cultivate my humor, sense of humor and entertain. Sean, were you cognizant enough of like, I do not want to get bullied, therefore I have to be funny, and I if I'm funny, so. I will not get bullied, or it's kind of just how it happens? Hindsight is twenty twenty, Right. Absolutely, because I don't think I thought that consciously, but I did know there was one time where this guy wanted to, you know, beat me up. He, you know, I don't know what it was. I think it was Bernie McClenney. Bernie McClenney wanted to beat me up. You were not feeling the burn. I was not feeling the burn, and he was chasing me around, and he, you know, I was fast and short, and I could dodge and weave, and they, you know, people were like, oh, at lunch, Bernie's going to beat up Sean, and he'd always try to chase me, and he wouldn't get me, and this was like for three days, and then the fourth day, he's chasing me, he got me, he grabbed me, and he started spinning me around and threw me, and I remember spinning on the ground and then popping up like this, literally like this, and going, ooh, I love to lounge on the grass. And the crowd loved it. So for the iTunes people, for the yes, podcast I did a people. Little, I did a little, like a, pose. a little pose with my leg up, all like relaxing, very like sassy. Like a goofy thing. Like a goofy thing. And I went, I love to lounge on the grass. And the crowd loved it. The kids loved it. They laughed. And everyone just kind of dissed Bernie. And I was fine. So, I mean, I, it was obvious like that for sure. I used it to make myself, you know, make people forget and make them turn their allegiance to me because I was funny and entertaining and took something negative and made it fun. So I think I did that a lot, but as always, we always forget. So fast forward to freshman year in high school, um, 
they were doing the show Godspell. And that's only like eight to ten people. It's a very small cast. And it was our fall musical. So usually the fall musical has a lot of people. So a lot of people were trying out. Well, it was pretty obvious that they were going to go for a younger type. And I was a freshman. I was very small. And they had juniors and seniors. And it was me and Jeff Fetterman and Brad Fetterman. These guys. The twins? The, nope, they're brothers. A uh, year apart. But Brad and uh, Jeff were, no, uh, Harvey, sorry, Harvey Fetterman. Which and one was not Brad or Jeff? It's Harvey or Jeff. Harvey and Jeff. Harvey and Jeff were the musical ones. Brad is the, their younger brother, who I'm working with doing corporate improv. No way. Yeah, yeah. But he, those two guys were very uh, Broadway trained. They had taken voice lessons their whole lives. They were um, uh, just had done musical theater, and I had not. You know, I could sing. Uh, I could sing fine. I was in all choruses and, and choral. See, my daughter's got mad at me that I call it chorus because it's choir now. You don't say chorus. Really? Yeah, you say choir. But aren't those two different things? Isn't choir a religious thing and chorus is not? No, I mean, you just say, you know, show choir, chorus. But but, but I said huh. chorus and they thought it was lame. Um, so we had chorus. It was called All City Chorus. Yeah, there you go. So I I remember the audition and they wanted it, – it's supposed to be very fun. I mean, my gosh, the Toronto Godspell was the one that had everyone from Saturday Night Live and Gilda Radner and, and Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Like it's – there was it was comedic and fun. It's a fun show. And we had to go out and say, ta-da, and do something fun or, or just make it interesting. That was that the was, audition. That was part – that was like the crucial part. We had all gotten to that one part and this was going to – Separate the separate the wheat from the chaff, as they say, and so Harvey. I've literally never heard that expression. You've never. Um, what is a chaff? It's it's when they, they it's it's a farming term. I don't know what it is. Chaff, Mister Fantabulous, the wheat from the chaff. Oh, the wheat. Oh, I said the week. No, Me the too. wheat. I said the, the week from the chaff. No, the wheat from the. chaff. It makes more sense now. Yeah, I still have never heard. I it. still know what chaff is, but, <laughs> but I know it's part of making bread. But now at least I get why it's a farming thing. And, and isn't it ironic this part to be used making bread? bread? And isn't it ironic that I use the song? Isn't it ironic? <laughs> yes. Yes. Don't you think? There's yeah. so much meat. I mean, there's so much bread. We got a lot of bread. Throw some meat on there. Yeah. I'm gonna. Here comes the meat. Hey guys, just wanted to share a message from our sponsor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tool allows you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. So they, you have to say ta-da, right? And so they went out and they sang beautifully or did something. I forget what they did, but I thought, what am I going to do? Because I have to differentiate myself. So I went out and I did like the, remember the kick the habit kick where you would jump up and click your two heels together? And just, yeah, let's you know. call, I don't know what Is it a dance move? Yeah, it's not called the habit. They used to say kick the habit for people who were quitting smoking in the 70s. Oh, oh no, it was, it, it was called like a leprechaun Yeah, it's very like leprechaun yeah. looking. Something. You jump out. 
And I went mm-hmm. out and I ran my hardest. I jumped on. I did the little leprechaun kick, clicked my heels together, went ta-da, and then didn't land and just fell on my side and just went boom. And I had the hugest bruise on my hip, but oh my God. they were laughing so hard because it looked so crazy. And I got the role. Like it was one of the only freshmen ever to get a role that substantial. Um, and I definitely used the difficulty because I was up against the, I was up against well-trained people. And if you weren't, you I might not have thought outside of the box like that. Right. And so if I didn't push myself, you know, so that came to bite me in the hiney because I was very excited. And the bruised hiney, and nonetheless. The bruised, yeah, the bruised hiney a couple months later because we had a huge show called Rock and Roll Revival. And everybody wanted to be in it. And the thing was, you were either a singer, a background singer, or a dancer. And everybody wanted to have a song. And so we would just cover old 50s songs. So because I had no difficulty in my eyes, uh, my teacher, Mr. Evans and Miss Ryer, I hope they listened because they were hugely influential in my life, um, I went in for the Rock and Roll Revival audition, didn't really work on it, didn't really prepare that much, and I went in and sang Day by Day from Godspell. Cat, you know, just kind of like, well, of course, you guys know I'm great, you know, because I got the part in Godspell. So, mm-hmm. what, But that one I realized I fought for. So when the leads came out, I thought, for sure, for sure I got it. And I didn't. I did not get a lead. I was a background singer, and I got to still do dancing. But my teacher, Mr. Evans, said, you um, you didn't try. try. You didn't try. And they had a song for me. They literally had one set aside. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Who took it? John, oh gosh, what's Krasinski. his last name? No, yeah, John Krasinski. No, John, John Krasinski. No, John, gosh, what's his name? John went to uh, high school. John I went to high school with. I see his face so clearly. But John he got Edward. it. But he got it because I didn't have a difficulty. I didn't have a challenge. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't raise to the challenge. And I got cocky. So I used that difficulty and never took an audition for granted again. Never throughout my career in high school. I worked hard for the, every audition ever since because, you know, and that so I used that difficulty for the rest of my career, but man, that was a tough, tough blow. Um, then, so I had a great career in high school, but then I got into UCLA. Um, I did get into the theater program. I found out recently there was only like 15 kids around the country that got in. I didn't even know that. Um, and because I got in late, I didn't get a dorm room, but I was coming from Maryland. To go to California, and of course you're going to want to be surrounded by kids and friends. And I made some friends on my orientation, and I was just so jealous because they were all going to come back a week later and then move into their dorm. And so I was in an apartment with a a junior, two junior, no, a junior and a senior. One was becoming a policeman. And uh, another guy, uh, Dan, was from England, and they were older. And also dumb. And I was, yeah, and I was, and then I had to sleep on the couch bed because it was just a one bedroom and they shared the bedroom and I had a couch bed. 
I mean, it was depressing. It was really depressing. And then I was like, I'm going to get a bike. Because I looked at the map and I thought, oh, this will be easy. Well, I didn't know that Westwood had all those hills, huge, huge hills. So I remember I'd put on like a little red windbreaker and just walk for 50 minutes to get to the North Campus. Yeah. But because I was kind of sad like that, I was homesick. I wasn't really doing that great when I tried out for the play. I, I used it. And I got a play freshman year with Daphne Zuniga, as I said. But it was kind of a deeper, kind of depressing, dark play. And I used it and slid right in. So In your character. Yeah, and I don't even know if I was so happy in the dorms and having a blast. I might not have even tried out because I might have thought, well, I don't want to miss time with all my friends and the parties and things like that. So, again, I used that difficulty as well to turn that around. So, now this is one that'll be interesting because we'll have to decide if it's using the difficulty. But when I found out that uh, I got in the play, I did really well. Well, there was a lot of kind of vibe that people were pissed that a freshman got a part so You're talking young. about the college The one. college, the theater arts department. I got a lot of kind of bad vibes from a lot of people. And I loved the my... students, not the, the students. teachers. Yeah. No, not the teachers. Thank you. Uh, the students, for sure. And... I was doing great in my acting class, of course, because I could cry. I was so lonely. <laughs> and uh, But I just didn't like the idea of sitting up in that little building and, and building sets when I knew that wasn't what I was going to do. I wasn't trying to go into theater. I was trying to go into, you know, movie Movies. acting and stuff. So I actually stepped and, – and I was getting a lot of attention from that play, and it was a lot. There was a uh, – movie called The Mask with Cher in it and I tried out for that part I mean I got a lot of attention it was just too, kind of too to much too part. fast not the Cher part no uh, but damn you Cher for getting that over Cher Sean for getting me uh, and so I, I, I stepped away from the program and took a normal course in sociology and business but I think I used that time to really get comfortable I found friends I finally did move into the dorm I, we started a fraternity. Uh, my dorm friends were all leaving, and I said, how do we stay together? We found a small fraternity that was like four or five guys that were struggling. And I said, we'll all join. Let's all join. And we took it over. A friend of mine that was studying real estate got us a house. So by junior year, we were getting a house together. And so I used that time, I guess the difficulty of stepping away from acting for a little while to really work on the hustle part, you know? I, I had a lot to do with getting that fraternity started. I had a lot to do with organizing those guys and getting them together because I thought I'd, this is the funnest group of guys I've ever had. And do you feel like that helped your career at all or it Absolutely. just helped your life? I think it helped my both. career. Uh, both. I would say both because I started, I learned that you can make stuff happen. I mean, the fact that, you know, I walk by that table and go, we should join that fraternity so we can take it over. And, you know, two years later, we're moving into a fraternity house. It was crazy. I mean, we were like, yay, this is all great. And then the, you know, alumni are going, okay, so now you actually have to get um, people in the house and make sure you have enough money for the rent. And we're like, what? So, and then we're like, we're not going to discriminate and rush people and be rude and then... Then you start letting in everyone, and then you realize that 
if anyone can come in, then the sororities don't want to do things with you because you're just let you know. And then you go, oh, shoot, we actually do have to discriminate and say you're a fit and you're not a fit. You know, it was a hard life lesson, you know. So uh, I think that stepping away was the best thing because I cultivated other parts that are important for this long-term business, hustle, friends, connections, how to organize. I was vice president of the fraternity. Is it still going on? Uh, it closed so like five years uh, after we left. Yeah. But man, there's... Uh, they didn't have the hustle you Hey, did. but Matt Nix, who created the show Burn Notice and everything, he's an alumni like a couple years later. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was like, Sean Whalen, you were a legend, you know, because that's everybody knows. Yeah, it was really funny. A frat legend. Frat legend. Yeah, that's me. So you look at me and don't you just think Friday, Friday, Frat legend. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, so then that's when I felt better. I felt better who I was, felt better that I had friends. I felt more in my skin. So that's when I tried out for groundlings and they told so me. So now we're after college. Now we're after college, graduated 86. I came back and they, and I loved it. I loved the program. I auditioned. I got in. And then they told me how much it was, and I couldn't do it. I didn't have enough money. So I used that difficulty, and I busted my butt for three months taking double shifts so I could become a waiter at the restaurant I was working at. You had to move your way up from the takeout area into being a waiter. And I I mean, I just worked, the chin chin worked, days? worked. Yep, Chin Chin Brentwood. Yep, I worked my butt off. Um, and yeah, with Pete Lewis, who is, uh, Juliet Lewis's brother and, oh my God, we we had the funnest time. We, it was, it was a blast. I met my ex-wife there. I mean, uh, my best friend from, uh, college, Johnny Thompson, who's now a doctor down in San Diego. Like it was, it was one of the greatest, funnest times, but I use that difficulty to, again, learn hustle. Right. And to turn things around. And I made money and I became a waiter. So I was skilled at that and kept that going. And that kept me financed while I studied at the Groundlings for the next couple of years. Um, did really well. And really think quickly. you appreciated Groundlings more because you had to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. You and took I, it more seriously. And I worked hard on it. Yeah. Yeah. I worked hard because all I did was wait tables and do Groundlings. And I moved through quickly. I was in the Sunday show within two years. They're having a Sunday show reunion shows. Uh, Sunday show cast members, anyone who was in the Sunday show can now go? go do. Yeah. I think I'm going to go do an improv show. That's with awesome. Them. Yeah. So that'll Let be me know really when fun. Jeff and I will come. I will. I just volunteered you, Jeff. No, I'm so in. I mean, Sean, like Melissa McCarthy Sunday show, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. how many like big A list alumni are going to be there? The, Lisa Kudrow. Do, Lisa Kudrow. Lisa yeah, Kudrow. Hopefully, Lisa. But she went in the main company. Yeah, but so she's she also still Sunday show. Yeah, she was. But I don't think she'd do the Sunday show one. I don't think so. I'm not sure. We'll though. tweet her. We'll tweet her. All right. I'll tweet her. Okay. So <laughs> then I was doing really well at the Growlings in the Sunday show. Everything was great. Thought I was going to get in. Mindy Sterling was my teacher, and they did the vote, and I was like, of course, I'm going to get in the main company, and I didn't get in. And there was some weird politics. They had a guy, brilliant guy. Could you guy. not at the time keep trying? It was a... Well, yes. Then they told you you could extend for six months and then try again. So I took two months off because I was really bummed. And then I came back and had a couple great sketches. And then I was at this apex of, you know, getting to be voted on again. And for some reason during that time, a woman came to see me and said, you need to start auditioning. You're so funny. 
And I remember going on my first audition, uh, and I was awful. This casting director literally goes, you have no idea what you're doing. You just don't know what you're doing. You right. don't know how to, like, audition, act or, you know, take material and make it work. You, uh, I was looking at the paper. I didn't know how to look up. So I used that difficulty. I decided to learn how to act and go to Playhouse West. I re- pulled my name from the vote. So I don't know if I ever would have gotten in. Didn't I somebody tell you vote. afterwards? That, I mean, you never but who knows. knows? Oh, man, they still, to this day, never speak about it. Really? No. No, they don't. But uh, And there was people I knew that really wanted to go in, and I thought, I need to learn how to act, or I'll never figure this out. Even if I do the Sunday show, I think, it, I mean, the, the main company, I, I think it would be hard for me to then try to learn how to act at the same time. I don't know why. Of course I probably could have, but I thought kind of singularly at that time. So uh-huh. I left, pulled my name from the vote, went to Playhouse West, and got a coach. And I got my coach who taught me how to audition, how to act. And because of that, um, I was always doing commercials. I did very well on commercials. I had a great look, like I told you, the spiked hair, thin guy. But then um, I got better, and my first role, small role, was with, um, gosh, Cloris Leachman in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the movie. I mean, sorry, the TV show. And... A.K.A. not the movie. Not, A.K.A. not the movie. Again, ironic, because a few years later, I'm in a truck with Alan Ruck, who is in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I go, and then I'm learning drama, and that's when I get people under the stairs. And that's what got me out of waiting tables. So I use that difficulty of probably not getting in the groundlings that easily, and it kind of changed my trajectory. And I've told everybody this. I love comedy. It's my favorite thing to act. But I've probably done 65% drama. But if I didn't know how to do drama, who knows yeah. what I would have had as a career. So uh, it's great. You know, it, it was really, really great. It was, a, it was very tough. I wanted to get in the main company so bad. And I did just as well as my friends who are in the main company, too. You know, I was the first one to be in movies. They were doing TV shows and guest stars and pilots, but I was the one that was actually in movies. So, right. you know, <sighs> great revenge. <laughs> suck on <laughs> no, that. Yeah, suck on that. So, uh, you know, and I had a great run for a while. And then, you know, we can talk about some of these stories later, but later at the the 90s were a great time for me, and I got the Milk commercial, and I said Spielberg watched it, and I did Twister and all these other movies. But then, you know, I had to sell blenders for a while when I had kids, and then that got me, again, proactive. And then when you finish six, seven years of that, you go, I never want to do that again. Made me hustle to become a teacher. And so you can always use your difficulty. And my... Story from the set uh, was we did a very difficult movie, Laid to Rest, in Maryland, but I met young Jason Trost, his sister Sarah Trost, and their brother Brandon Trost, and they were doing a movie called The FP, and they asked me to be in it, and then Brandon went off to be a DP, showed it to the director he was working with, Rob Zombie, for Halloween 2, and Rob said, Oh, I like that guy. That guy's funny. Two weeks later, gave me a call. I was on the set doing Halloween 2 with Rob Zombie. Straight offer. Straight offer. 
become became friendly. We kept in touch over the years, and then he just put me in Three from Hell last year, his uh, sequel to Devil's Rejects. Again, straight offer, where I wrote my whole scene with him, and you know, so that's unbelievable. So using that difficulty of that, you know, set. I didn't sit in my room and complain. I went out and hung out with Jason and Jason Trost and met everybody, and it grew into, yeah, there it is, Sean Whelan, Three from Hell. And then <laughs> it grew into, you know, a whole new path for me. So you can always use your difficulty. There's there's more stuff here for later, but for another time. But yeah. We, so using the difficulty you've done that a lot many many times and i I guess in our in our part two version of this at some point i will let the people know uh but i love plenty of that i love this i i do i have better not bitter tattooed on my shoulder and i feel like it's all kind of iterations of the same thing it really is you 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 take what's given and say and basically that's what michael kane said he goes how can i make Make this this work? work How can I make this work for me? What will I learn? Like, is it ideal? Not necessarily. Oh, there's mm-hmm. people that, are, you know, you see these some extreme cases where people are, you know, quadriplegics or whatever, and they go, I became a better person. I yeah. never would have been that deep or meaningful or rich or anything. Something that our, our founder, Kevin Undergaro, always uh, talks about is how a lot of times people think what the worst thing in their life is often the best thing in their yeah. life. And it's because that it's that thing that either motivates you to do the thing or yep. ultimately is the thing that makes you an the expert in the field that you want to be, whatever yep. it is. So It was absolutely, for me, worst time in my life was 2015, and it turned my life around, and I'm the happiest I've ever been. Right. So you can always do that. You use it in your acting, and then if you think there's a roadblock, just uh, figure out how to use it. So where can we find you? Everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Uh, Mr. Fantabulous, are you unified yet? Guys, I blew it so hard. Oh my god, I I it's been a month. So it's long. been a month. We're gonna give you some serious difficulty, so maybe you'll use I it know, and change your name. I, that's a good point. Well, we'll shame you. We'll shame you every um, week. You that's know what I will plug though. Uh, for reality TV fans, this Bachelor season, AfterBuzz has amazing coverage for that show. If you're curious, so oh check yeah, that out. this channel and our reality channel as well. And you can find me, Mentor Roxy, everywhere at Sean Whalen Actor. I love it. As always, thank you for letting us be part of your journey. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.